thank you for listening today. My name is Patty Younger. I also go by P.H. Younger, Mrs. Younger, Mom, Honey, all these many names, that's me, uh, just in the course of my life. Today I'm going to be talking to you about, more about self-esteem, about the negatives and positives. And this today's um, podcast is titled, I Believe in Me. And I'm going to kind of go over an old blog I wrote several years ago. And it was worth revisiting today as I was reading through some old stuff about motivation and just some uh, self-reflection. And I hope it helps you in whatever your walk is right now. But I do uh, want to encourage you to uh, go back and watch this one clip of Pretty Woman that I'm going to play. Uh, this, This clip, I was actually kind of muddling around the house, and Pretty Woman was playing in the background on TV. So it had been a long time since I'd watched it, and I was doing some things around the house, so I let it play through. And one scene came up, and it really grabbed my attention, mostly because the visual was two people in bed, and that kind of caught me by surprise in the middle of the day, and wasn't really what I was bargaining for. But the dialogue really pulled me in. And uh, there were two lines in particular that stood out to me, and I'm going to let you first uh, listen through that because the visual really isn't really isn't important at this moment. Pretty Woman uh, was a movie that came out in 1990s. It was actually the third highest grossing film in 1990, and the highest uh, ticket sales for any romantic comedy at that time. They sold. Uh, 42, over 42 million tickets in 1990. This movie is a a romantic, like I said, a romantic comedy. It's uh, about a Hollywood prostitute who, through a string of bad relationships, ends up um, having to turn to prostitution to survive. And her name is Vivian Ward in the movie, played by Julia Roberts. And she meets a businessman. Uh, His name is Edward Lewis, played by Richard Gere. And this businessman basically hires her as an escort for the week to attend these business engagements and social outings uh, as his partner. And through that week, he basically falls madly in love with her. And she has trouble buying into it. Julie Roberts, it actually won her a Golden Globe Award and nominated her for an Academy Award. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. It's a very encouraging uh, movie. So first guy I ever loved was total nothing. The second was worse. My mom called me a bum magnet. There was a bum within a 50-mile radius. I was completely attracted to him. That's how I ended up here. I followed bum number three. So here I was, no money, no friends, no bum. And you chose this as your profession. I worked at a couple fast food places. Parked cars at wrestling. I couldn't make the rent. I was too ashamed to go home. That's when I met Kit. She was a hooker and made it sound so great. So one day I did it. I cried the whole time. Then I got some regulars, and, you know, it's not like anybody plans this. It's not 
your childhood dream. It could be so much more. People put you down enough, you start to believe it. I think you are very bright, very special woman. The bad stuff is easier to believe. You ever notice that? Julia Roberts, who's playing Vivian Ward in this movie, said, People put you down enough, you start believing, you start to believe it. And the other line is, the bad stuff is easier to believe. Those two things really, really stuck out to me. Uh, almost like a pinprick or a sting. Uh, so, you know, I reflected back, thinking about my childhood. And sure enough, wow, you remember all those ugly negatives, all of those things that are said to you and hurt, things that are said, even the things that weren't even intentionally to be painful, but they stood out. Uh, some of them, some stories in my own childhood, the things that stood out to me uh, were negatives, yeah. I, I, was, I was encouraged to go to college. I was encouraged to do well. Um, but I think sometimes I did those things and I accomplished things more for the bragging rights to try and offset those negatives. The things that would say, yeah, these are the things I accomplished so that I could offset and try to break even. My, my merits as an artist gave me that occasional, hey, you know, that's nice. Uh, that looks good. Wow, you know. But that really wasn't what I was looking for. Uh, one time I even mentioned entering my high school's beauty pageant. And some of you know me. I'm, I'm really not the girly type. But I was told the way I walk, I had no chance of winning. And I could never, I will never forget that. I did not, I didn't enter. Uh, mainly as a result of that. And I just didn't want to go across stage and have people, I, wasn't, I didn't want to be a, a spectacle like anybody else out there. Who wants that? Um... I do want to say, though, um, my parents were much older when they when they had me. Um, my mom called me the second family, me and my brother, because my two older sisters uh, were pretty much out of the house when we were young, and so they were, it was very difficult for them having to raise children and also grandchildren at the same time, and there, so there and they came from a, a harder lifestyle. I am much older and than uh, a lot of my peers. But to them, discipline meant love and bragging would only spoil a child. That it might make them soft. And life was hard and you had to be tough. And they didn't want to spoil us. They wanted to keep us humble. So they really didn't go around bragging, or at least not within our own earshot. Offsetting that, though, they did encourage me to follow my dreams. They never stood in the way. Uh, when asked, when I asked them one time if I could go and spend a month in London during my freshman year of college, uh, they discussed it, but they sent me. And it was the first time I'd ever been on an airplane. I remember uh, going down to Greensboro, North Carolina, and getting on a plane and flying to uh, JFK or and then uh, flying over to Heathrow in London. First time ever. And I was fascinated. 
It was a good experience. I spent 26 days in January in London, in Trafalgar Square mostly in a hotel, studying art and music and drama, and it was one of the greatest experiences in my life. But having said all of that, they, they did encourage me to follow dreams. They even had to borrow money. I did not know this at the time, but they borrowed money so that I could go. So the negatives there are not action. But as a teenage girl, that was hard to grasp. Self-motivation was hard to hold on to. So I grabbed one trait I knew I could always count on. Sheer stubbornness. I am a stubborn person. Although a lot of times I will change that and call it headstrong because I think headstrong is a much more positive word than stubbornness. People have negative connotations with stubbornness because it's normally not applied in a, in a good way. So we'll say headstrong because that applies uh, to more of a you know determination type thing. Um, I also remember drawing on these memories of my childhood. I remember a certain elementary teacher who announced in front of the whole class, she was mad at me one day. I honestly cannot remember what it was I did wrong to make her mad. But she announced to the whole class that I was never going to amount to anything. And how I needed to grow up and someday act like a girl. I remember it very clearly. I was in the fourth grade. And I can remember cowering in my desk behind the person sitting in front of me and just sulking. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to be stubborn. I'm not going to do my math homework. And for a long time, I didn't. And we still had um, paddling at that day. I know it's a complete foreign thing to most people now, but whenever I didn't have my long division, she'd pull me up in front of the class and paddle me. Well, I'm also a bit of an attention seeker, so I didn't find that as a negative. Plus, I was sticking it to her. She didn't like it, and she had hurt me. So I was applying my stubbornness. This is not headstrongness. This is a negative thing. I was applying my stubbornness to get back at her. Um, I was laughed at by another school official. It was actually a guidance counselor I had when I told him I planned to go to college. I didn't make the best grades, and I didn't always apply myself, but I'd always talked about going to college. Uh, the day came, and I graduated high school with a stellar, wonderful high school ranking of 29 out of 99, small school America, and my SAT scores were barely average. There were no scholarship offers for me. There was nothing, but I got my headstrong vibe down and went to college anyway and the time came I had to move away from home it was a hard year the professors heard my accent and I'm sure you guys are making have already made note of that I do have a Appalachian accent and uh, my writing was terrible my my uh, grammatical sentence structures were awful and I was again labeled and heard negatives. I can recall my art critiques and the papers I wrote well, and I was so far behind on the very first day of school. 
the art classes I had, they were already, I didn't even know how to mix colors because uh, I just had basic art one. My high school only had art one and art two, and that was it. And I can remember that very well. I remember um, how that the professors would call my artwork crap or other languages. And my English professor even said once that he could tell exactly where I was from by my poor um, paper writing skills. I would get people to proofread for me and sometimes they would help me and sometimes they would say, this would be easier if you just started over. And every now and then I would believe them and I would start over and I would start letting, entertaining all these thoughts that I'm dumb. And when I got tired of feeling so dumb, then I would stubborn up and I'd dig in again and I would really work hard for weekends trying to catch back up. And this was a cycle. A cycle followed me all the way into my career as a teacher. And the vocabulary, education vocabulary is like lawyer speak sometimes. And I would struggle and still struggle sometimes to completely understand the context of what's being talked about. But the bulk of the matter is that this negative thought that I had entertained had become embedded like a, like a festering sore that you can't get rid of. I'm sorry if that's like a little too gross for everybody. But the first thing that helped me pull out of these cycles, uh, one of them was I fell in love. Ta -da. Um, I actually ended up marrying a man who never put me down or ever made me feel less than an intelligent and completely capable woman. Uh, one that is complete, and in our marriage I feel like I've been made complete. But living with that day to day where you're never treated like an idiot makes a big deal. It's a huge deal. And if you reflect back to that pretty woman clip, um, that's all that Vivian Ward had known were a string of losers that she had gotten involved in guys who had, to make themselves feel better, had continually put her down, and suddenly she has become involved with Edward Lewis, who is uh, the character played by Richard Gere, and this character has put her on a pedestal, has made her feel important and smart and capable and, and just a woman who can make it, who can be more than just a prostitute. So that was the first thing that helped me. Another thing was that I really and completely got what Christ says about me. Now, I don't want to roll all this up into a little, oh, if you just believe in God, all these things go away, because that's, that's farce. That's not true. Things don't go away. Um, they just become no longer a burden. Uh, they become just in the kind of, like when you minimize something running in the background of it. Um, you could, your focus changes. And I saw something one day they said, you know, when things are tough, the things don't go away, but the focus on what, the things that you focus on changes. So I'm going to go through a couple things here with that. And in light of that, Psalm 139.14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well and and I am one I am a works I don't 
think about ourselves as necessarily just part of them, but Him. Uh, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. That's Ephesians 1, 7, and 8. Lavish, man, what a word. Um, lavish means that you give generous and extravagant quantities. Um, I always think about lavishing as in just a flooding, a washing over. I know there's waters used a lot in spiritual contexts in all forms of religions, but a complete soaking. Uh, and it's kind of funny that I would make those notes because I really hate water. What is my point in all this? My point is you are what you believe. And I believe in the garbage in, garbage out mentality. I know that's a big computer phrase, or it used to be, this, when you put things in, same thing with what you eat, when you put things in, the things that, that come out are a reflection in that. If you listen to all of the negatives that are said about you, and you allow them to soak in, and you entertain them, you mull them over, they grow, it's like you're watering a weed. These negatives grow and grow and the next thing you know, you have a whole hedge built up, a thorny, uh, prickly hedge that's sticking at you and poking you, and you can't get out without heavy pruning. Um, so you, the easiest thing to do, those of you who haven't completely built up this briary hedge, is going to be don't water it. When you start thinking and believing and processing, you're stupid. You're ignorant. Well, that was a dumb thing to say. Well, you can't get anything right. With how you walk, there's no way you would win a beauty pageant. When you entertain these things and let them fester, you're encouraging it to grow. So, try this, try this with me. There's no way you can win a beauty contest. Wow. You're made perfect. You're made unique in every way. You have something to offer. Try to replace those things. I know whenever I think about being dumb and stupid, I think, my goodness, I'm a teacher. I've, I have went through and experienced so many things. I may not be able to write these beautiful structured papers with flowing, beautiful, long words. I may not be able to carry on a philosophical discussion and tout out viewpoints that are amazing. But I have wisdom. I have something to offer. I am unique. But I, through my experiences, I have grown. And, and I can go back and say, well, who's measuring this? What is the rubric being used? What is the measuring stick? What is the test? Because every test is there to get a specific outcome. And I don't buy into that stuff. So try try this. Just try it. Try it for, well, they say, what, 28 days. If you do something for 28 days, it becomes a permanent habit. So for 28 days, every time you hear a negative, Speak a positive over yourself. 
if you have to go in a quiet, in a private place and say it out loud, if you have to text it to a fake person, whatever you have to do to see it, hear it, believe it, do it. One time for every negative, replace with a positive. Every single day. That's my challenge. Um, I want you to try it. I would love to um, hear how, how it goes. If you'd like, um, you can visit my uh, website, my blog. It's a WordPress site. It's uh, phyoungers.com. Uh, Let me know how this goes for you. And uh, I will be back in touch. I'm not sure. Uh, but I will um, post again soon. So in the meantime, stay stubborn and believe in you.